Hello, welcome to another episode of the Ceiling is the Roof podcast. My name is George, I'm your host. Today I am joined by one of my favourite outside scorers. He was one of the first three-point scorers that I've seen since I've been a fan since 2010. My guest today, Leslie McDonald. How you doing, bro? How you doing, man? Good to be hey, here. Good. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Um, as I spoke to you off air, I was saying I've had a lot of guys from 2009, some 2005, 2017. But this era here, this is the era where a lot of Tar Heel fans wish we had a championship. And we'll talk about that in a bit as well. This is that little, that four years there, which you were a part of the whole time. Um it should have been a championship year, but we'll talk about that more later. Um, where are you now? Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. Yeah, so I'm still in the state. Mate, fantastic. Okay, so we're going to go all the way back to when you were recruited. So you were recruited. You had a great high school uh, career. You had the record for most points scored in private school in Memphis, uh, Memphis issue, which is still standing, which you told me earlier. So that's pretty good. You still hold on to that. And then you recruited some big schools. So you recruited by UConn, Memphis, where you're from, some little schools like Duke as well. And then, <laughs> and then North Carolina. Now, why did you choose to go to UNC? Uh, so uh, uh, I was introduced to North Carolina at a, I guess, not at a young age at all. Uh, I started playing basketball around about middle school okay. and you know, I got into it, got pretty good. By the time I got to high school, um, that's when I really started focusing on college. Mm. Uh, and that's when I, I fell in love with the college basketball game. And one of the teams that I fell in love with was North Carolina. Nice. Um, and I can remember it like like it was yesterday. Um, the way they played, uh, I loved it. So knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to go to college, I knew that they were going to be one of the tops in my list if I ever had the opportunity here. Um, and then once I had the opportunity and I, I went to go visit, it was the <laughs> 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 other school. I think I visited Duke that day, but uh, it was it was it was set in stone. You decided how long uh, did you make your decision after your visit? Uh, I think I made my decision that next week. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so I took a trip. I took a trip to, uh, of course, I've seen Memphis, Tennessee. We did the business there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a visit for North Carolina and Duke at the same time. I uh, went to North Carolina first, uh, seen Duke afterwards, um, and decided that I didn't need to take any other trips to like Georgetown and UConn. And ultimately, oh, wow. made my decision. Mate, that's amazing. So you're, when you went for your visit, would that have been the 2009 championship year? Was that the year after? Yeah, it would have been. Uh, it, it was. It yeah. was. It was the championship. It yeah. was doing it was doing it during that season. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a that's an that's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Seeing those yeah. guys, you're like, yeah. oh mate, nice. So yeah, so you played with some you played with some UNC greats as well. Obviously, when you went for your recruitment process, you saw the UNC greats that we all think of, and then you played with so many as well. So you in your recruitment class, you had John Henson and Dexter Strickland as well. So yeah. that's a that's a great recruitment class straight away. Absolutely. But the year after, so your first year at North Carolina was actually the first year I became a fan. So I didn't, uh, I never saw a 2009 year. So I, how my story goes, um, basically, I worked in the States when I was 18 years old uh, uh, and in 2010 summer. So basically, I ended up, um, so ba- it would have been a year after, actually. So I didn't know who to support. And I worked with some UNC students and I said, who's my college team? Who do I need to support? And they said, uh, Tar Heels. 
So I've basically been a Tar Heel ever since, and that was it. So I started your like your year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, your first year, we went to the NIT. So it wasn't yes. what we expected. Talk to me about that first year experience. You see the hype, the hype. You go in their recruitment. You see Tyler Hansbury. You see all those guys, Danny Green, yeah. and then next year you don't make the you don't make the tournament. Talk to me about that. Well, it was it was it was a lot of expectations on us. Um, we just came from a championship uh, and we had a solid, a really, really solid yeah. uh, recruiting team. It was, like you said, it was Dexter, John, me, myself. We had to wear twins mm. yeah. uh, coming in as well. Yeah. And of course, we had the returning guys, Marcus Gignard, Dion, uh, Dion. Dion yeah. uh, Will Graves. We had a lot of people um, coming in. Our, our team was really, really stacked. Uh, we was just, I would say this, we had a lot of expectations about ourselves and it just so it, it just wasn't flowing during that season here uh, until the end. I think we kind of kind of gelled a little bit together towards the end. Uh, but by that time, we were, you know, playing for the NIT here. But mm. it just took it took some adjusting for us to kind of get that core group that they already had as, for, as well as that, you know, solid freshman squad coming in. Uh, and we had that expectation of the championship of here. So we had a lot of pressure on ourselves. I talked to a lot of you guys about it, lots of players – about expectation and Mm -hmm. if North Carolina don't make the final four it's a failure and that's (laughs) that's a lot of a lot of pressure on you guys every year because we as fans the fans expect the top of the top and um yeah there's just so much pressure on you guys constantly but yeah we're just not allowed to have any years off you guys aren't allowed to have any build-up years or rebuild years it's basically we need to go 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 but then your second year another heck of a recruitment class. So that's when Harrison Barnes came in, Reggie Bullock, Kendall Marshall. Now you've had those, those guys, you had a great recruitment class yourself. You came in, John Henson, Dexter Strickland, these three guys now come in. Were you thinking then championship? You know what? I'll say this Uh, with the recruiting class behind us. I didn't know how talented they were until they reached campus. Um, Obviously, we heard about Harrison Barnes and, uh-huh. and uh, Reggie and, and Kendall. Um, just really didn't understand how talented they were until we got into campus. And once I once we played summer summer camps and once they played with us, I was like, this team is going to be really really talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just by just just by their addition here, uh, I was thinking all the way. I didn't I, I didn't know as of I thought we were you know, jailing during that time here. But with them, with that addition, I said, we're going all the way. Mate, it was an unbelievably talented, unbelievably a talented team. And obviously the year after, we'll talk about that, talk about that in a moment. But um, Harrison coming in, number one high school player. We haven't mm-hmm. had anyone since then. What was, what was he like? What was he like when he came on? Because some people may have been like, I'm the big man on campus, I'm the new guy. He doesn't seem to have that persona whatsoever. We see what no. he's like now in, in the pro as well. He seems like an unbelievable guy. What was he Absolutely. like when he first came on campus? Uh, he was a worker. Uh, I'll tell you here, I'll tell you this. Uh, you don't really see a lot of, you know, like you said, you see a lot of people that are like, hey, I'm the man. Uh, he didn't have that perception about himself. As soon as he got to the, you know, to the school, he was ready to work. Uh, you couldn't get him out of the gym. <laughs> you could not get him out of the gym. He was always soaking up game, uh, looking at the vet, vets, uh, but he was just ready to work. You could just yeah. tell that he just had a different type of uh, thought process about him. You could tell that he was one of those ones. 
Like you, was, you could just tell it right off, right off the back. As soon as he got to the campus, you could just tell that he was, he was, he was one of those, those guys. And to be fair, I, I think a lot of us didn't expect him to stick around as well. Like when you've got a player like that come in, you expect one year, but for him to stay, right. for him to stay two years, um, I know that we'll be forever thankful as Tar Heel fans. So I was, um, before I was going to speak to you, I wanted to look through uh, loads of highlights for different years um, for, during you were there. Um, honestly, it's so much fun. I really, uh, I do it. I do it a lot. Actually, I spoke about this the other day on my Twitter, but I was uh, re-watching your, it was in your junior year, your red shirt junior year, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. But that was such a team, such a season. But throughout those years, you were there. Lots of highlights of you jumping around. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Do you miss when that? So okay, no. First thing, if that song goes on in the car, jump around. What it's happens? Expected. <laughs> it's expected. I still, I still, you know, when I hear that song, if it's playing, uh, I probably won't just bust out dancing. But I, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it coming through my system. I feel it. I mean, it's 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 legendary. Oh, of course. It was, it was passed down. I didn't even know about the. I knew about the tradition. But once I got there, they were stating, like, who's going who's to do it? Mm. And I'm like, at first, I, not me. I'm not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I'm not. But it just, it, I guess it was just passed down to me. You did. You took it off Danny then, wouldn't you? You took it off Danny. Yeah. So Danny would have yeah. had this before you. And um, it is. It is a Carolina tradition. That sideline mm-hmm. dancer as well. Um, a lot of fans remember that. Um, I have a lot of Tar Heel friends who they still talk about the, the sideline guys. Like, before, um, well, during Danny Green, there was a guy called Mike Copeland. And, yep. Yep, and Mike. everyone everyone loves Mike. Everyone loves Mike. And um, big time was that was because of his sideline dancing as well. So um, when, you were, when you were dancing, when you were getting everyone going, there's a lot of videos I've seen that you seem to always try and get a reaction out of the referees as well, the officials. Oh, were, you tra- were you trying to do that? Well, I couldn't. Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I couldn't do anything. I was on the side. Yeah, so, yeah. like... You know, I'm gonna watch the game, and of course, I'm gonna you know give my tips in. But at the, at the end of the day, I can't converse with the refs. Usually, when you're in the games, you can converse with the refs. Get you know, what's that call? So at that time, I just wanted to mess around, you know, <laughs> you know, see, see what they were gonna do, see what they're gonna say, you know, see if, hey. if I can get under it you know, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's some real good videos. There's some referees who just completely blank you, and then some referees who just laugh with it as well. So that was good. Right. And, um, jump around is a Carolina tradition and you did it well, mate. You did it well. So before that, like you said, you couldn't, you couldn't play. And that was because of the, the Durham summer league. Okay. And you have that, that awful injury in ACL tier. Mm-hmm. Obviously no, no matter when it's, it's horrible to get injuries, but to pick up an injury in a summer league game in like a preseason, like it was, would you call it just a pickup game? A summer pickup game? Yeah, it was it was uh, it was during that program. I, I think during that time, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but during that time, I think the program was really really big in North Carolina. Uh, I, I know it was big uh, from when I stopped when I started in '09. From mm-hmm. '09 all the way uh, throughout my college, it was really really big. That NC pro uh, am yeah. where you had a lot of guys from Duke, NC yeah. State. Carolina all coming together, maybe playing on the same team, playing with oh, each wow. other. Uh, but it was it was good. And and, and that's ultimately where I got my uh, injury uh, during that time. Just um, it was just a freak 
freak action, you know, yeah. freak, freak of nature. I, I can't even explain it. It's something that it wasn't really, when you look at the videos, it wasn't something that was really, really extreme. It was just a, you know, a movement and wow. my leg gave up. Mate, what was, the, what was the call to, did Coach Williams, like how, how long till Coach Williams knew about that injury? You know, I'll say this. I, I think Coach Williams got the, I think he, he realized that night. I, I know that okay. somebody let him know that night. Um, I know that I went early that morning um, I had to go to see the trainers and, you know, we kind of discussed what's, what's going on, you know, understand what, uh, what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you during that night when I did get injured, it took me some time to get off the court, but I was able to walk off the court and I was able to walk home. So I, I thought, wow. Hey, look, I, I tweaked, tweaked my knee. It's sprained. I'm good. Right. Mm-hmm. I was able to walk off. Uh, it was that next morning when they started doing that tug and pull on my knee and they let me know, hey, say ACL to her, you're done for the season and wow. you're crushed me. You're yeah. crushed me. Mate, oh, mate, of course, ACL tear is, is it happened, it's happened so much, but it is so, so awful. That happening your junior year. And I just, we were just talking about Harrison stays an extra year. Kendall's mm-hmm. been really feeling it now coming into his second year as well. We got a great group, mm-hmm. an addition review there as well. That that year, 2012, uh, so yeah, that, 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 that class should have won a national championship. We should have. We should have. I, without a doubt, I still think to this day, uh, with me going down, extra going down that latter mm-hmm. part of the season as well, yep. uh, as well as I think Kendall, uh, so um, Kendall had, had an injury. We had Kendall's wrist, and before that, we actually had John out for a little bit as well. Uh, you know, I think if if everybody stayed healthy during that time, I think without a doubt we we're winning. We're winning yeah. because I look. I, I remember watching the sideline, and I'm like, I wish I was out there. If, if me, Dexter, Kendall, you know, John, everybody was fully healthy during that time, I, I think we beat Kansas. 100 Kansas, and then obviously Kentucky was Kentucky, and that was Anthony Davis's year. But everyone said that we were the team who could take them down. I know we fell to them. We fell to them earlier on in the year. We had a there was a terrible game against Florida State, um, yeah. which was just a freak game. <laughs> that was an awful. We'll forget about that. I forget that ever happened. Well, listen, um, I had stories about that. <laughs> I'll talk, I'll let, okay, what stories you got about that game? Okay, so I'm not sure if you heard, but that Florida State game, I think we 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 lost by thirty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, it was horrific. <laughs> and then I'll never forget just the, the like we always we always have this thing is if we if we lose a game. A big time game. If it's a if it's a close game, it's a if, if it's a heartbreaker. Cool, we can we can build upon it. But if we get blown out and we just play terrible, we're not even worried about our, our family. We're not worried about what's going on right now. We're worried about the next day of how bad practice is. Going to be. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. I'll I'll never forget the fact that after we lost by thirty. I seen Coach Williams in the stands, and this is the first time just sitting in the stands. And I just, and I think the the lights weren't even on. And I seen Coach Williams sitting in the stands, and I'm like, yeah, today is not going to be a good day. <laughs> today is not. Today is not going to be a good day. I think we ran. I think he ran us together. Yeah, mate. Yeah. I've had I've had so many stories of when Coach, uh, I met, I forgot who said it. There was a game where, um, again, blowout. 
and he was so angry. It was a late night game, and he basically made everyone put their practice uniform on, and it was like midnight. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, yes. And and he's just, yeah, when coach wanted to go at you, he would go at you. He was very old school. Um, and, uh, mate, I would not want the wrath of Coach Williams, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you, <laughs> I mean, that's that's that. I mean, coach, coach was very passionate about, you know, his team. And, and that's one thing you can't take away from him. He's very passionate. He's going to be in the trenches with you. So that's what – that's ultimately what what made you play hard for him. It's, it's just yeah. the fact that he's going to be on your side. Uh, if if a ref is, if you feel like a ref is giving you a bad call, he's going to be in that ref's ear. You, you'll yeah, see it yeah. on the side. So, yeah. uh, you know, he he has the right to to, to run us to death. Or feel hey, I, I um yeah, I think he's I think he's the greatest of all time. Um, I think he's one of the greatest men on of all time. Obviously, I'm doing some doing some research into uh, before some speed review and just different articles reading and stuff. And there's lines where they would say coach Williams would stick up for his players so much would jump on a grenade for his players. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's literally to the level that how coach loved you guys so much. And um, yeah, we'll talk more about him in a bit, but he's yeah, in my opinion, he's the goat and um, yeah, it's good. So we'll talk a little bit actually about when coach was sticking up for you. And this is coming up to your now to your senior year. Mm. So your third, your senior year, um, after the horrific season you having to miss, then it's the uh, nine games that you missed. So you missed mm. the first nine games of the season. And that was due to uh, an incident, which we can go into more detail about, but mm. in to do with um, accepting, I think, how, how the papers write it, and you can tell me different, is luxury cars, cell phones, and, and different things like that is how, how they've wrote it on ESPN and crap like yeah. that. Yeah. Which then meant that you had to miss the first nine games of the season. If you put that situation, <laughs> the present day right now, and we've got the nil policy with name, image, and likeness. Leslie McDonald would not have missed those nine games of the season. Okay. No, not at all. First, before we talk about the nil policy, talk to me about that. That's kind of that start of that season, you finding yeah. out and everything that happened. Well, I mean, you know, you had you had ESPN, you had tabloids, you know, basically mm. saying that, hey, um, Leslie McDonald received uh, particular gifts. Uh, there were NCAA violations during that time. Uh, I only, I think we talked about a mouthpiece that I recently received. Yeah. from a friend. Yeah. So it was, it was a mouthpiece yeah. that was gifted to me by a friend. And, and ultimately he just asked me if I wanted a mouth mouthpiece. And mm-hmm. I said, sure. I mean, at that time, really, nobody was really wearing mouthpieces like that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just basically stated that, he, you know, you can give me one. And this is my best friend. So okay. during that time, it wasn't it wasn't anything that was like, hey, support us. Hey, we want to do an advertisement with you. Mm-hmm. We want to do this. It was just something that was out of the genuine of that person's heart. And then I think they were talking about uh, luxury cars in regards to uh, rental cars. And, and during that time, that was that was I didn't have any type of vehicle. So, you know, at, at sometimes I was able to, you know, use the vehicles to, you know, go get groceries or move around the city here. But during that time, that's that I think when the NCAA when the NCAA found out about the mouthpiece, they stated that whether it was from a friend and whether they gifted you without any type of you know advertising or anything, mm. that is a gift. And that's considered a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and we 
and we went down a wormhole. Uh, During that time, I I guess they did their investigation, and that's what really kind of set me back with the nine games. Still to this day, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit baffled on, you know, what's what's a gift from a personnel that you know and what's a gift from a personnel that you don't know or something that you're getting some type of game from. Uh, but ultimately that, that was their decision. I had to, I had to uh, live with it, but during, during, like you said, during this time here, if, if that would have happened during this time, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that discussion of the nine games. At Not all. at all. No, no, an eyelid would have been bad. So what is your opinion now on the name image and likeness policy, which has just come in this summer, a few months ago right now, is it about time? What's your opinion on it? Oh, I, I, I you know, once they made that, uh, I know I, I posted about it. It was about time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you couldn't. We would see our jerseys, jersey numbers, in our in our likeness all the time in, mm-hmm. in the stores, um, all around, and you know, seeing that and just not being able to compensate off of that, uh, just seeing people use your likeness when it came to those video games here, uh, you know, Mm. you're going to, you're going to find somebody like, Hey, look, that's, that's not, that's not cool. Just the fact that I, you know, you get to make all this money off of my likeness and and my persona and I get nothing. So it was about time. Soon as I seen, and I was like, Hey, look, that's a, that's a big step, but I I believe the NCAA should, you know, this should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. It'd be nice yeah. if some guys have been reimbursed, but that ain't happening. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. you know, the NCAA, they'll give you a little bit, but they're not giving you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I saw, I, first saw, um, I saw PJ actually uh, write about it. He was like, can I go back? Is there any money I'm owed or anything like that? Right, uh, right. As soon as, uh, as, soon as it happens. I think, so. I, think, I think I said, I told the NCAA, if I can get the, those nine games back, that'll be, that'll be great. <laughs> Have you got nine games left of uh, of um, be able to play for UNC? That would be a uh, that be nice. Yeah. So during that time, uh, obviously PJ was going through through some stuff as well. PJ Hairston, and you were sat on the sidelines with PJ. So uh, sure. there's lots and lots of photos you see. You and PJ mm-hmm. sat next to each other, both going through different things. Um, what how what is your relationship with PJ, especially mm-hmm. during that time, and I guess helping each other on through through right. that awful period of life. Well, I mean, during that time, you know, we're, we're pretty much living with each other. Mm. Um, so we were really, really close. We've seen each other all the time. So um, we it was basically what you were saying. Uh, we were feeding off of each other. Uh, it was hard for both of us just to be on the sideline watching our team. So the fact that we both were in that, that kind of same position of a limbo, like not knowing if we're going to be able to play or not, uh, we kind of had to feed off each other. Um we would all also have talks all the time, you know, just understanding, you know, where, where's your mental at, you know, mm. also making sure that we're staying prepared. If, if it does come to the time where our number is called and we can play again, mm. uh, just being able, just being able to be ready. But during that time, it was really, really hard um, on the both of us, uh, particularly PJ, um, just the fact that you just don't know, you know, you just don't know if you, you have that, you know, ability to play with the team. And I, I think we fed off one another just, Hey, motivating each other. Hey, look, let's still stay. Let's still be here. No matter what, what we're going to do is give our all to get back on the team, make sure that we're doing good here and uh, making sure that we be good teammates here. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're on the sideline, but our team is still playing. So we got to make sure we're bringing it in practice. We got to make sure that we're, you know, supporting our team to the fullest. 100%. Who was your roommate at UNC? 
Uh, I've had quite a few. Um, of course, you know, freshman class, we it was uh, Dexter mm-hmm. and Don. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty much after that, it was <clears throat> pretty much after that, it was PJ. And then after that, I, I, had my, I was by myself. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, so then you're allowed to play. And um, you were came in against Texas. Uh, that was your first game back. Good season again. And then, mm-hmm. I again, I can still remember it now. And it was uh, the last home game against Duke. And mm-hmm. uh, you got, I believe, 21 points, I think. I think you shot from like 9 from 12. Was that one of your favourite games as North Carolina Tar Heel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. That that game, believe it or not, was rescheduled. Um, yeah. Typically, we were going to play it. Uh, I think it was one weekend, but it, it, it snowed. Um, yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it snowed, and 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 they uh, postponed the game here. Mm-hmm. And during, I could just remember here during that Duke game, my mental during that game was the first game. I was like, I don't know how this game is going to be. I want to win, but it's going to be a battle. Mm-hmm. I don't. I was just skip. I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just ready for the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Got postponed, so I was like, ah, you know, like yeah, I yeah. wanted. I, I was. I was mentally ready. And then the second game, it's just really hard because it's a it's a postponed game and it's the Duke rivalry game, and you're like, you know, this is the second time, and are they going to postpone it again? So. Mentally, I'm gonna be honest. I just I treated it like a, a another game. I was like, "Hey, look, this is this is Duke. I know this is gonna be a big game, mm-hmm. but you gotta do you gotta you know do what's best for the team. Do what you've been doing this whole season, um, and just go out there and, and, and try to take that win. And I don't know what came over me, but I just <laughs> remember my first shot. I can't I can't <laughs> top of the key running around first shot, and I and I shot it from deep. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody. I don't think my teammates knew that I was going to pull it, but I pulled it, from <laughs> me and it went in. And I said, "Oh yeah, this is going to be one of those." Games. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think uh, it wasn't your career high in points, but it was your career high in uh, field goals made. I believe. Um, right. So you were just you were balling out that game, and um, yeah, I still, I still remember it. It's one of my favorite UNCD performances. Um, so yeah, how was how was that Duke rivalry? Unbelievable. Um, I can't I can't even explain it via words. Uh, you just have to experience it, especially when you go to, uh, you know, I love I love our crowd. Um, you know, our home games. It's unbelievable. Uh, you could just feel the intensity uh, from, from years. It is not just that day, but you could just feel the intensity for years of this this rivalry brewing. So uh, I love playing it, you know. Cameron Center. I uh, love. I love playing there because you know you want to get a win. You want to take it away from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get crazy. They 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 do whatever whatever they do. And once we get that win there, we're just you can hear us in the locker room just yelling. We want them to hear us. So it's 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 unbelievable just being a part of that rivalry. Um, I think it's all time one of the best rivalries in college of basketball mm-hmm. ever. In my opinion, this and I get a lot of heat for this. Actually, it's my opinion. It's the greatest rivalry in sports overall. And I'm, I'm obviously, I'm European, so I get a lot. <laughs> so I get a lot of people going at me like, "But what about like 
uh, Barcelona Real Madrid or right. uh, uh, the big big football derbies we have over here and stuff like that. And but I guess I'm super biased as well, of course. But um, I think it's the old time sports rivalry. It is. Yeah. Um, like that week, yeah. that week leading up to it, um, you don't think about anything else. Like the whole week, it's, no. it's Duke Carolina weekend. Um, yeah, it's going. We, um, I was speaking, so it's funny actually. So I speak to some of the guys from 05, 09 era. And then I'm speaking to some of the guys who are 17 era. 05, 09. So I'm talking like Marcus Guignard, okay? So who no. you, played, you played with Marcus and Dion as well. And I'm speaking to those guys and they're like, no, nah, we hate Duke. Like we hate Duke. Mm-hmm. And like there was like it's like a like no nah, no I, no not at all. And then I'm speaking to 17 guys and like Joel Berry, some of those guys, and they're talking about like, well, it's it's maybe more the fans kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you fit? You're in that middle gap. Where do you fit? Well, that's that's you know you see the transition. I can see it because you know during that time, like you said, you know it's we hate Duke. Mm-hmm. If it's Duke. And then you can tell by the transitioning of, you know, going into 2015 to 2017 and 18 on. It's mm. not more of, you know, we hate Duke. It's more that we hate the fans or we hate, yeah. you know, the arena or their, their culture. Um, for me, it's always been um, when I got, when I was introduced um, to the team in 09, it was we hate, we hate Duke. Mm-hmm. That's that's the motto. Yeah. <laughs> Kept it that way. I mean, you, you know, our vets, you know, Marcus and, and Dion, it's not no, you know, it's not no what if, it's we hate Duke. Yeah. And it's the bottom line, you know? <laughs> and and once I became it, it it became more of a, hey, I don't really hate the players. Some of these players that I've, you know, grown up with and I've yeah. put against here, I don't too much hate you in particularly, but I hate the culture. Yeah, I, guess I hate. That. I mean, for that time being on that on that court, if we're playing, yeah, I hate you. Yeah, Off of the course. court, we're cool. We can yeah, go yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah. But if we're on that court, I hate you, and yeah. I'm not going to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what Marcus said, though. Marcus has said the exact same point as you did. You played with a lot of those guys growing up, AAU stuff like that. Every right. era, a little bit before, there wasn't that much. You didn't have that as much as it is now. AAU is national. You, you're growing up with these guys, going back and forth throughout the year, right. um, throughout high school. Marcus Dion before, Gerard Williams before, they never really went up against um, uh, these other guys. You'd meet them in the tournaments uh, right. in March, and that was it. So right. that was why they had that kind of that drive and hate for the thing for the team, for Duke. Um, right. But like you say, this, these are, even though we don't like to admit it, these are some of the guys you grew up with. These are your boys who you've grown up with and hung out with and had good memories with. You're not going to be like, you're dead to me kind of thing. So right. um, and I, I, and I do I understand that, it. Yep. And I, I believe that during that era, like we have an era where normally a lot of guys play with their, uh, their local team or their national team mm. during that time. Uh, nowadays we're living in a world where a lot of guys are playing with one another and they may live across country. Yeah, of course. So so you have guys that are in California or New York that are playing together and they're friends Mm -hmm. and they may be going into different colleges there, but they're still friends. They're they're able to have build that connection where back in the day you were more friends with the people that were on your team locally. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so your time at Carolina comes to an end and uh, you, you go pro. 
So you went pro, you went to Israel first and yes. you played a handful of games in Israel. Um, mm-hmm. Did you, did you, was the plan for you to go overseas? Uh, did, was, was that on your, was that on your radar? Yeah. So I knew that, you know, right off the bat, you know, during that, that draft, I knew that it was, it was pretty stat um, during that, during that time. So my main focus was to, you know, work out for these teams, see if I can get a 10 day. If not, then um, pack my bags and, and, and we're going to go overseas here. Yeah, um, yeah. Wherever that is, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, had the opportunity to go to Israel, uh, loved it there. Uh, I think I, I'll, I'll stand on this to this day and I may get flat, but Israel is one of the, the top cities uh, uh, with basketball here. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of guys, yeah. a lot of great guys go through Israel and, and have a great time. And, and I, I, I enjoyed my time there. 100%. JP, uh, JP's been there for quite a while. JP Tokoto. Um, uh, he's been in Israel for quite a long time now. He's in you know, for his three or four, se- four seasons he's had in Israel. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the, the, they go for it, the fans. I actually, I really want to go for a trip. Um, the atmosphere is insane. And that's, that's, yes, yes. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to it. I, I didn't know that they, really supported their, their teams like that. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that they really loved basketball like that. Yeah. But once you were in that atmosphere and, and was able to experience it, it was like, you know, you were treated like kings out there. So, yeah, for you, sure. know, you, you love it. Mate, the European culture, we go we go mad. Obviously, football is, is our main sport over here in Europe, and it's yeah. you go mad for your fans. But the basketball, the Euro League, all this stuff, they, they really do go for it. And um, the footage I've seen from Israel from JP over the past year, I've been looking at some of his stuff uh it's just been it's been crazy so but you're only there for a handful of games what happened what happened there yeah so we you know uh business yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much pretty much in, in, in anybody that you know has has been overseas it's all about you know of course production mm-hmm. you know making sure that you're producing on the court but also it's it's the business on the other mm-hmm. hand um i felt like i was producing on the court um you know, playing a handful of games and, and, and making my team better. Although mm-hmm. uh, we were shorthanded in regards of Americans, uh, I was doing the best that I can uh, putting up numbers here, but just the business wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't what I thought it or expected it to be. Uh, you'll hear a handful of guys say, Hey, I, yeah. I didn't get paid on time or I didn't get paid at all. Nice. Um, and yeah. when it came to me, I was, you know, I was a very intelligent guy. I was about, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to do everything, but Hey, you got to make sure the business is, is, is good. And, and once I seen a business slacking and wasn't getting any answers or, or any type of uh, resolution, then that's when I, I had to, I had to pack my bags and, and then find another, find another avenue. Mate, that's fair. Like uh, a common theme on this podcast is uh, uh, not being paid because uh, I've had a lot of overseas players. So Marcus, we've had Dion who's talked about it. Marcus went really in depth so, um, into the the honest truth about what overseas basketball is like because he's had some crazy experiences he has yeah. and it's, it's common knowledge um, and I really like it but the listeners are now able to hear what life is like overseas yes it's amazing but you get to play ball for a living the atmosphere how you're treated but you may not get paid for three months and it's um, yeah and it, yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's odd and, and sometimes you those those are the growing pains here and uh i've seen people not get paid for you know three to six months and it's it, wow. and it's hard because when you know when it's like a, it's like a job when you're doing a job uh you don't work your job just for free mm-hmm. um you know yeah, there's there's malady 
there's mouths that you have to feed or there's, there's things that you have to take care of yourself here. And so not being compensated here can, can, can be hard mm. uh, mentally and financially. I say over time that you guys aren't getting paid or situations where overseas guys aren't being paid, but you're getting abuse on social media. You're getting people shout at you. You're not doing your job right. You're right. getting told by your boss to work harder, the coach. If that happened right. in any other job, if it happened in your job right now, but you weren't paid and then they said, no, you need to work harder or someone Sally down the road is like saying, actually, hang on, you need to up, up your game a bit. You're like, no, you're not paying me. I'm not going to work. But right. <laughs> these professional basketball players aren't getting paid and then still getting a, a crap time. So, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy world. Absolutely crazy world. Overseas basketball It's it's amazing. There's great opportunities out there, but um, there's some horror stories for sure. Yeah. Then after after Israel, you went to the D League. Yes. So you went to the Erie Bayhawks, and you yes. play, you played there for a bit. Talk to me about your experience in the D League. Well, once I realized that I was going to the D League, I was like, okay, cool. We're we're somewhere still in that same avenue of being able to play, um, but we're in the D League. This may give me an opportunity to you know get that ten day, crack my head in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Um, Usually the Erie Bayhawks during that time was the, the associate team with Orlando Magic, okay. right? Yeah. So when I heard about Erie, Erie Bayhawks and, and my agent was saying, hey, look, they're associated with Orlando Magic. I said, cool, we're going to go see some sunshine. Erie <laughs> Bayhawks are in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, man, there's nothing but snow. It's cold. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So – Long story short, just uh, went to Erie, um, and that's when I started to understand a lot about myself. Yeah. Um, just understanding how the process of the D League during that time, or you can call it the G League now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how that process of preparation of the NBA, how it was more of a business mm -hmm. than anything. Uh, I think a lot of people can can um, explain that. Hey, look, you have an unbelievable time. You get to do what you want to do. You get to play for a love, but at the same time, this love of the game becomes a business now. Mm. And during that time, showing seeing that transition of something that I love transition to you know a business, uh, it kind of took a little bit of fun out of the game for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. during that and and during that time, I was just really experiencing. Hey, is this something that I want to pursue? Uh, is this something that uh, I want to sacrifice my body? Because during that time, I think I, I got sick a few times and, and my body was going through a lot. And, you know, I, I, can, I can remember, you know, just really, really going hard, trying to, you know, impress and, and trying to, you know, do my best. But it, I was really breaking down my body. And I, I had to look to myself and say, hey, are you willing to sacrifice your body and your mental health? Uh, to get where you want to uh, want to do and not be happy, or are you willing to be happy and give up something that you know you potentially love? And that's when I just ultimately made that decision. Hey, it's not worth it. it it's wow. it's not worth it's not worth me you know breaking down my body, uh, me being not happy in life. So that's when I I take take that turn from Erie Bayhawks and, and ultimately retire. Yeah, you did. So I mean, there was a little stint. Didn't you sign for OKC there? OKC Blue, did you sign paperwork with them and it just didn't play? Yeah, yeah. so they still had my rights. So Erie Bayhawks still had my rights. And during that time, okay. they did trade me to they did trade me to OKC. So if I ever did, I mean, say that if I wanted to return during a year, I would be with OKC. But 
at that moment, I was, it was, you know, it was over. Mate, wow. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not the same. Um, I coached I coached basketball over here. Um, I coached college level uh, in England. Um, mm-hmm. Did did all right, did pretty well. We were nationals. Uh, went off to, uh, I went and coached um, at Carolina, the basketball camps there as well over there. And it was the pinnacle for me. And I was, I was living my dream. I was so happy. I was coaching basketball. I was putting hours and hours of work into it. We were doing well, undefeated season, doing fantastic. And then it just got too much. And it, yeah. it did. And I just, I was, I, I came back from, came back from the States and then I coached the start of another season. And it was just, it, I just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm now not putting enough effort into my session plans, my coaching, I'm leading this team. My mental health just like rocketed massively. Like it yeah. completely went, went right down. And, um, and I stopped, I stopped as well. And it's, it's not the level of you because you're, you're a professional basketball player. I was just a English university basketball coach but um i lost the love for it and i literally didn't watch a game and i watched every north carolina game i didn't watch a basketball game for like three months um during mm-hmm. basketball during basketball season i just i just i just didn't um and it was yeah it was just completely tough and then uh i got back into it a little again i got a job i got a job offer out in italy so that was always going to be nice uh to do some basketball yeah. there so <laughs> that's the sunshine that's the sunshine bit i'm like okay you offer me sunshine and basketball okay yeah i'm up, I'm up for that i'm not up for cloudy england um you give me italy so i did that and then i got back into it a little bit more but it wasn't to that it wasn't to that level i don't think people realize and i think we're seeing it a lot in the news at the moment um, with obviously Simone Biles is uh, very, very recent to do with mental health and how how massive it is. I think now that every school, every professional sports team need a psychologist. They need, right. they, they, they could have a therapist on the team helping people with these pressures. As we spoke earlier, the pressures of North Carolina Tar Heels is final four. Mm-hmm. If you don't get it, you're getting people shout abuse to you on Twitter and right. and all of this shit. And it's... um. Yeah, I I think I think people are slowly understanding now. We're getting there um, to do with mental health, but I'm still seeing some idiots on online who are still going at people. Um, and you got you got some guys that are still they're still playing, whether that's overseas or in the league that may not really have the love of the game anymore like they had, but it's a job. It's yeah. it's it, yeah. It's what brings the cash flow and and. I told myself here is uh, when, when the day comes where I have to play basketball for money and not for just, you know, not for just the love for it. Yeah. That's, that's when it's, it's going to, it's going to go downhill for me. And, and I had to really make that decision. I didn't know if I was making the right decision or not, but I just said, Hey, look, it's not worth me, you know, feeling this, uh, not being truly happy. Um, and, and, and ultimately that's, I made that decision and, and I can, I can attest, Hey, look, I, I feel great now, you know, just being able to, you know, do something that, you know, I like to do. How, how long did it take you to make that decision? And so after, after your time at Airy Bay Hawks, was there, was during that season, did you think about it? Okay. Maybe next year, maybe I'll go back or was it? Yeah. So, so it was just an ongoing battle. You know, yeah. you would think about it. You, you'll be like, Hey, look, is there. You know, you really don't you really don't think about it that much, but it gets to the point where during it during the season, um, hey, you're focused. You know, you're worried you're going to work out. You're, so you really don't have a lot of time to think about it. But once I got sick, um, I was I was in Erie for around about three weeks, almost a month. 
Um, couldn't travel with the team uh, and pretty much had some time to really sit with myself and say, hey, look, I'm breaking down my body. Is this something that you really want to do? And you have that you have that thought process go over your head over and over. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick it out this year. And you're like, I really can't do it. So it's just an ongoing battle. And ultimately, it just took me a few months uh, during that time to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I really had I had to go to the coach and say, hey, look, I'm just my heart is not in it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I take that takes a lot, man. It does take a lot. This is the love of your love of your life, really. Um, you've 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 played it since since middle school. You were you were good at it. You realize you can make a living from it, and then because you could have, and if if you wanted mm-hmm. to, if you wanted to, very easily, Leslie McDonald could have had a basketball career quite easily, but you wouldn't have been happy. You would have your yeah. mental health would have just would have gone down. And man, I see you see too many you see too many um, horror stories of uh, athletes with mental health, and we don't we don't want that. So um, you made a real tough decision, but you did it, and then you went into completely opposite of basketball, I guess. Uh, so you went into working in sales. So your, your degree, what do you, is it a communications degree you got at Chapel Hill? So communications degree and nice. completely went, like you said, the opposite direction. Yeah. I, went to, I went into the, you know, work industry and I had no clue what was going on. Yeah, of course. Um, but I knew that I, I had just the, the fact that I had some, you know, Good communication skills, mm-hmm. uh, being able to you know graduate through Carolina, mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to take me far. Um, so just being able to kind of you know have a mentor, I had some uh, friends here uh, to kind of steer me in the right direction of you know you know where to look at, you know put my foot in the door, networking and things of that nature, which ultimately got me into uh, the sales industry because you know within the sales industry you have to be quick on your feet. Yeah, um, it's it's fast paced. It's something that you know, you have to be determined. You have to, you know, if you want to make a lot of money, you have to be determined. You have to, you know, work your, your tail off. And it was a little bit more like basketball. Yeah, it was something yeah. like, hey, I can get used to this. This is fast paced. This is something that, you know, in order, what you put in is what you get. Yeah, yeah. And once I once I was able to kind of, you know, understand, you know, the business, uh, it took me far. Yeah. I, I can't complain. Mate, great. That's awesome. Um, so going into the work industry, sales are anyone trying to say like hey any sort of Tar Heel thing or any sort of they trying to get any freebies out of you as well you know what all the time <laughs> and you know what it, it's funny is you know being being within the sales industry and you know some people do recognize you here they'll yeah. they'll, they'll even throw in the dupe the dupe thing Ooh. and I, I'll, I'll be like okay i remember that <laughs> i'll remember that but it's all love you know i, I know people you know generally love a, you know, watch that rivalry here, but it's, 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 it's been, you know, just being able to have that, that network with North Carolina and see it kind of help me out within uh, the in work industry. Uh, uh, I wouldn't trade it. I tell anybody, I said, you know, being with Carolina and being associated with Carolina has taken me farther than I've ever imagined. Mate, that's brilliant. And I guess it's fair to say someone who helped you through that journey, helped you develop you into the man that you are is coach Williams. And um, Coach Williams, in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time. I say it all the time that he's one of the greatest men to walk on this planet as well. Um, what he would teach so many people, uh, so many of you guys, so many of us who, who, who love him and we learn from him from afar. Um, it's actually his birthday today, in fact. Yeah, uh, it so is. it is his birthday today. So he's getting a lot of love online. So hopefully he sees all that today, which is nice. Yeah. Um, 
Talk to me about a Leslie McDonald and Coach Williams story that you'd like to be able to share with us. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, we have so many. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. Coach has definitely been that, you know, that father figure that you need when, mm. when you're at college here. I'll never forget the time when he came, him and Coach Robinson came to uh, Memphis, Tennessee. He came to my doorstep. Um, and I'll never forget that looked my mother and, and father in the face and said, hey, when he's down in Carolina, uh, best believe we're going to take great care. Best believe he's going to be in great care. And I think that really spoke to me just because, you know, you don't often you don't see a lot of people just that really sincere mm. uh, just to be able to come into your neighborhood, come into you know your doorstep, sit in your home and yeah. let the family know that, hey, I'm going to take great care of you. Uh, I'm going to make sure that, you know, your son is going to you know be the best person that he could possibly be. And him being able to uh, implement that throughout, you know, my courses uh, within Carolina. Uh, I'll never forget the time when, you know, I tore my ACL. He could he could tell that I was putting in the work. Um, that whole summer, I was really, you know, putting in the work within my body, putting in the work within the gym, making sure uh, everything was great within summer school. I was really doing the work and he really, you know, could tell and he, you know, gave me praise. And, and ultimately, when I did hurt myself, you could tell that it hurt him, too. Mm. Um, I'll never forget, you know, you could, you could see the pain in his eyes when, when I wasn't able to, uh, continue, you know, to do what I wanted to do and, and, yeah, wow. and, and be a part of the team. You could just tell that. So, you know, with that, that particular story, you could just tell that coach is always going to be on your side. He's going to bat for you. Um, you, no matter, no matter, you know, what outcomes of life you're in right now, he's going to always bat, bat for you here. So, uh, that's, that's, that's always been you know, my, my thing with coach, um, and, and also yeah. his, uh, uh, his, his, his lovely speeches at the, at the end of games. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, uh, any, you remember any, so obviously he'd have a, the guys, the white, one of the wisest men in the world as well, the wisdom he would share the thoughts of a day that he would share on you. Uh, what was a, what was a normal post game coach Williams speech then? How would that go? So basically he would just let, you know, let us know, you know, in regards of, you know, how the game went, uh, how we could be better, what we did during that time. But he would, he would always, you know, have that be thankful, that, that thankful atmosphere uh, mm -hmm. at the end. Um, I would say after, after his speeches, you, you always felt that sincerity mm -hmm. uh, in his heart and that passion of, Hey, look, we got the job done today. Let's work on getting the job done for tomorrow so we can get the job done in the next games here. So he always kept you motivated here, uh, especially after big wins. I think everybody sees it on videos when he's, he's hyping, yelling. We love it. And we, we know when it's coming. You know, if yeah. we have a really tough game, a Duke game, or a really, really tough game, or, you know, people really down us here, uh, once we go in that locker room, we're just banking on, banking on everything. <laughs> no, just waiting for him to come in because you know, you know, he's gonna get, he's gonna get his riled up. Ah, uh, he's, ah, uh, he's a legend. He's a absolute legend. Um, where were you April first this year when the announcement was made? But man, it's August first now. So yeah, so a few, just yeah. a few months, a few months ago now. Where were right. you when the announcement was made? I was actually, um, I think I was working on a project. I was, I was in the office and I was actually working on the project and um, I seen it on the ESPN ticker. Yeah. And I thought it was a, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Mate, as we always because it, you know, 
it's it's I'm like, nah, this is but then I thought in my head, coach really doesn't joke like this. Like, uh-huh. especially not like this on an April Fool's uh-huh. on April Fool's Day. So I was like, Next Coach level. Yeah, like I was like, Coach really doesn't joke like this. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't do a joke like this. And then once I started seeing the validations, you know, contacting teammates and things like that, I was like, Oh wow, this is yeah. this this was unexpected and you know, wanted to give him all his praise. Mm-hmm. Uh just wasn't really, I just didn't, you know, just wasn't really expecting it here, but, you know, to each his own. And I, and I wanted to give him all his praises here because he's he's definitely been influential uh, within my life. 100%. When was the last time you spoke to Coach? Uh, not too long ago. I think it was last year. Uh, we, yeah. we spoke uh, last year. And I, and with the whole change uh, in regards of uh, now Coach Davis mm. uh, being the head coach here, I know for sure that I'm going to, you know, try to go back down there and, and, and support and, and give my support and my knowledge down there as well. But, you know, I know Coach probably right now is probably teeing it off on oh, the golf mate. course. He, <laughs> he loves his golf. 100%. He'll be, yeah, he'll be on the golf course today. Hopefully it's good weather where he is right now. And, right. Um, yeah, he'll be on the golf course for sure. Um, so, Coach Davis, he was an assistant, wasn't he, when you were there? Yes. Yeah, so what uh, – Tell me about Coach Davis. What do you expect to see of him leading our program now? Well, I mean, for for me, I I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was it was the right choice mm-hmm. um, for for him. You know, with Coach Davis coming into our, you know, I think that was I want to say it was my junior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Davis coming in, uh, coming on. Yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, I've never seen Coach Davis is very big on preparation and I'll never forget this coach Davis changed my game in regards of uh, preparation. Um, he would always work with me. Hey, we need to get in the gym. We need to get shots up. We need to get shots up. Did you get shots up? We need to work on this. We need to work on this. And, you know, he really kind of took my game to the next level of preparation here. And for him to be the head coach and understanding, you know, his mentality on preparation and being ready for situations and, and just always being ready for a different matchup. I, I couldn't I, – I expect great things uh, when it comes uh, comes to Coach Davis. I expect great things when it comes to this team here. Uh, they're in great hands here uh, mm-hmm. because he, he's going to – rest assured, Coach Davis is going to make sure the team is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah. No, that's exciting, yeah. Um, I think we'll all, we'll all see it. We've got – this summer, he's done really well. He's uh, – he shut a lot of people up where the people who were the critics were saying that we need these big names coming in. Uh, I completely 100% agree with you. Coach Davis was my choice as well. Um, uh, 100%, I think we got the right man for the job. He's, mm-hmm. he's proven it with uh, this summer, uh, who he's got in. We've Garcia, Manek, McCoy, all these guys coming in. He's working really well with the whole brand new what college basketball looks like. Absolutely. Man, it's an exciting year. It's an exciting year. This has been good. So we are going to end uh, this podcast on questions on your Tar Heel teammates. Is that all right? All right. Okay. All right. So, mate, this, so basically how this works is I'm going to ask you a question and the answer can either be any of your teammate, teammates over the five years that you were there or okay. it can be yourself. You can say, but actually, no, I think I am the answer. All right. So there's, okay. and there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. okay, it's only your opinion. So this is Leslie McDonald's Tar Heel teammates. Question number one is, who was the joker on the team? 
<laughs> uh, the Joker. Uh, uh, we had a lot of Jokers. Uh-huh. Uh, we had quite a few. I'm gonna put me. Be yourself. I, okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put me. I was, I was, I was a, I was a, I was a real Joker. Um, Any stories that you can but, shed across? Uh, let's see here. I, I was a good. I was a Joker. Um, I think PJ was a Joker as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that really a Joker. Oh no, 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 no! Time out. No, I'm not the Joker. Okay. No, JP Tokato okay. is the Joker. Yo, <laughs> he is he is the Joker. Like, okay. it was at times where you would just get you would be like, yo, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it, JP. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Like, I, can't, I can't do it today. He's he got it. He he's the Joker. All right, nice. Yeah. Good yeah. answer. Good answer. Okay, I think I think I might know the answer to this one. So that was when you said yourself. I was like, hang on a second. Question number two is, who was the best dancer on the team? Oh, hands down, me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're seeing the videos. We're seeing the videos. I expected that one. I was ready on that one. Okay, question number three. Who was most likely to get told off by Coach Williams? <laughs> okay what do you mean about told off <laughs> who was uh, who was most likely coach williams was going to let rip on someone who was that going to be oh man oh man oh man oh man <laughs> it's really it's always interesting to hear you because I, I ask the same questions to every guy so it's so interesting to hear the different areas which who was that guy so who mm. was that guy Um, there must have been situations where coach just let rip on someone and just went at you, not the whole team, just one specific person. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say it was Dexter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the reasons? Why was it Dex? Um, De- De- Dex is a passionate person. Okay. Very, very passionate person. And, you know, that, um, I'll tell you this: that's a run through a wall for you. Yeah, and that's just his mentality. Yeah, and um, I just you, when you have that, that mentality and, and you have uh, coaches passionate and Dexter's passionate, especially in practice, uh, yeah. sometimes those collide. And, I, and I'll never forget one time. I think coach just got <laughs> just coach just got into him one time. I think Dexter was just like, I can't, I can't take it, and, <laughs> and yeah, they had to join back and forth, but. I think that's the only time I've really seen coaches really go into the did he go at PJ Williams? Maybe. I, I'm not sure. I can't. I just remember him going at that's fair. That's fair. We um one of the funny ones Marcus told me. So Marcus, uh, he said that uh Danny Green was the one he'd always tell. Because for example, coach would say something and then Danny would be like, Could we do this? And would answer back coach. And that was what happened. Another yep. one. Bryce Johnson, he was one. He, I think Joel gave Bryce. I think Joel said Bryce basically because Bryce could have been better and he was always, he never looked like he was putting all the effort in. So there's mm. lots of, there's lots of ones. So that was, that's a bit of a tough question. This question here, yeah. who was Coach Williams' favorite? Oh. Oh. 
Every, he always, he's always got a golden child. So who was his golden child? Oh, his golden. You want to know who's his real golden child? Yeah, For yeah, sure. Yeah. Like during, during your years. About, my years, or are you talking about? I'll tell you his golden child for everybody. Okay, tell me golden child of all time, but I want golden child of your for your years. Okay, so golden child of all time has to be Marvin Williams and, and Tyler Hansbro. Like Tyler Hansbro and who? Marvin Williams. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are golden child for sure. Uh, for my time being, um, it 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 was I think it was two. Cause I, I dealt with, I kind of dealt with the latter part of uh, when I first came in. Of course, it was uh, Tyler Zeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Tyler Zeller, and yeah, then for sure. towards towards my towards my senior year, it was Marcus Page. Without a doubt. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> MP was the golden child. You know it. <laughs> We um yeah I speak to, I spoke to Joel about that and obviously because he played with him Kennedy as well they both said Marcus um because yeah. that was during his year but Marcus uh, Marcus Page Marvin Williams yeah he's definitely up there he gets mentioned a lot um, Tyler Hansborough of course uh, Tyler yeah. Zelovo that's a good one because that's during your years during your era then that's that's good that's good that's nice to know um, he's always got a golden child Kobe White lately was one of the yep. latest ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, it's good. It's good. Okay, this is the final question. So, during your five years, and it's going to be tough. I I should have given you more prep on this. But during your five years, what would be your all-time starting five at that five years you played? Mm. (laughs) You played with a lot of good players. Like I said, a lot of good players. That's tough. You got you got Marcus Page at the end, but you got like Harrison Barnes and Kendall Marshall here. Like you, you play oh some goodness. big players. That's tough. Wow, that is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's do this. When I played, right? Yeah, when you played during your five years, so the, your teammates, Leslie McDonald's Tar Heel teammates. Yeah, they're gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of the guys listen to this as well, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill me. Um, Harrison Barnes is one. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. Yeah, he's in there. Mm-hmm. So I got Harrison. Oh, um, he's down. <laughs> we got mm. hot five. You said starting five, right? Starting five. Starting five. If you want to put yourself in there, you can do, but. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's, we got to be ready. Let's, let's do this. Okay. HB. I'm going to put, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody, look, a lot of people probably, probably going to look at me sideways, but look, my boy at the forward spot, John Henson. Nice. May. His his blocks, like his his defensive blocks, his that year, his the year he before he got drafted, was one of yes. the def- ACC defensive player of the year. He was uh, he was he was another level. He put in John at four. All right, so I got uh, okay. I got HB. I have John. Yeah, I'm gonna go just because it's it's starting five. Uh huh. Of course, I got you know. Kendall, my boy, but I got to put 
I got to put Marcus. Okay. You know, okay. At, at PG. Um, shooting guard. Yeah. You're shooting guard in five, you're left, really. Right. Well, five, I would put. Uh, oh, five. See, five. I'm really going if if I'm going really if I'm going small and not if five. If I'm thinking big five, I'm going TZ. Uh huh. But yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Talazella. Mate, ACC Player of the Year. Like, mate, he was he was a baller. So. No, that's fair, mate. You basically got the uh, you pretty much got the 2013 team, by the way. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. So, I got I got uh, J Hook. Uh huh. Yeah, Marcus, you got, the, you got a shooting guard position. I have a feeling who you're going to put in, but I'm not going to say. I have a feeling who you might put in, but we'll see. Shooting guard. Oh, my goodness. Can I put him at shooting guard? Who can you put at shooting guard? Can I put Cam at shooting guard? Cam at shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. You put you put HB there. Uh, see, uh, look, the shooting guard. Oh my goodness! Now, if you said before me, I'm 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 putting I'm putting Wayne Allison or D. Oh yeah, D. of course. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, if you're looking at me, I, I gotta put. Make sure five, put whoever you want in there. Uh, you know what? Man, just to put me in there. <laughs> put you in there. There we go. Let's see what makes it. Man, I thought you would have put PJ in there. Oh I thought you could, PJ Hairston, like, mate, uh, the guy was an unbelievable yeah. talent. PJ was a dog. Oh, mate. Like, PJ literally unbelievable. And he had, and, and this is what, PJ was a dog because he had no, like, there was nothing that was going to stop him from either getting to the basket or getting a shot. shot. Like, yeah. you had to pick him up at half court because he was going to pull up deep. And it was like, it was money. Yeah. I'm like, it, it, he was, a, when he had that mentality, it was nothing. It was nothing you could do. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I could, I could see PJ. I could see PJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. That, that would be. That would definitely be my, my uh, for yeah, sure. You, you had some great players. You could have, you could have Marcus at the two and put Kendall at the top. Like you had. See, that's that's yeah. Another yeah. thing. Because Marcus played a lot of off guard too. Oh, yeah. of course he is. Yeah, he's oh, oh, unbelievable. Mate, you played with some great players. You had a great you had a great career at North Carolina. Um, uh, thank you so much for your whole career. Uh, you you gave you gave me lots of memories. As I said earlier on, that was when I first became a fan. So. You're one of the first three-point scorers I remember um, uh, completely when I first got into the game. First got into Guitar Hill, sorry. So, yeah, thank you so much for that. And, mate, it's an exciting year ahead. So, hopefully, I'll catch up with you in the year and we'll see how Coach Davis does in his first year. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely check that out. Mate, it's good. So, yeah, you – when's the last time – do you still play? Do you still pick up? Well, I do. I I play every every chance I, I can get. Uh, yeah, I've been, been so busy here, but anytime I can get to, you know, get on the court, I'll play on the court here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you went down to these uh, alumni games now, how do you think you'd be? How do you think you'd do? Uh, 
See, me and PJ just talked about this not too long ago. Okay. Okay. I think, I think we 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 talked about playing in the tournament here. And I told him, I said, if you give me give me two weeks, two to three weeks to mentally and physically get my mind my Only mind three weeks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sure, I can do it. Mate, honestly, the amount of, the amount of talk at the moment on social media is that we want a uh, UNC team in the tournament challenge. Um, See, that's what that's what that's what I'm I'm currently uh, watching uh, right now is the okay. TV team. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of a lot of people say, "Hey, look, we we want a we want a North Carolina alumni." I'm like, "Hey, look, they say the word." I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll spread the PJ. I'll spread the Kennedy. Kennedy, me, it'd be up for it. Um, there's a lot. JP's in it. JP, I think I don't know if JP got in it this year. He he had an injury, but he was signed up to a team. Man, yeah. I honestly, every time I put anything on Twitter to do with some of you guys, um, replies are always, "We need a team in the TBT in the in the challenge. We need a we team. team in the TBT. I don't think I don't think anybody. Mate, mate, ah, oh, unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable. Mate, this has been fun. This has been fun. Okay. Uh, we'll end it there because we're still going over time, but it's all good. Okay. And um, yeah, I'll speak to you soon, my friend. All right, man. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, ladies. I'll speak to you soon, mate. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Ceiling is the Roof podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. You can follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you follow the British Tar Heel on Twitter and Instagram so we can chat all things UNC. And I will speak to you guys very soon.